As time creates distance from the immediate storm, memories outside of New Jersey may become short. Attention will dwindle, and the public may become less interested. And I'm letting you know today that I will not let people forget. From WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, it's the Christie Tracker. I pick my words very carefully. you got to be one arrogant SOB. Did I say on topic? Are you, are you stupid? On topic. On topic. Next question. Now we got some action. I'm David First. Coming up, Christie is heading back to New Hampshire. We'll have a preview with New Jersey Public Radio's Emma Jacobs. Later, we'll be joined by NJTV's David Cruz, who considers the governor's reaction to the indictment of Senator Menendez and walks us through some Hudson County corruption history. But we begin with New Jersey Public Radio and NJ Spotlight reporter Scott Gurian. He has a new report this week on Sandy recovery that also looks into the erosion of Governor Christie's support in New Jersey. Scott, one of your sources is this man, Lawrence Bathgate, New Jersey resident, prominent Republican fundraiser and former finance chair of the Republican National Committee. He knows Christie personally, but he's supporting Jeb Bush. Right. Well, Larry Bathgate runs the largest law firm in Ocean County, New Jersey, and and he's a pretty fascinating guy. Um, He's been involved in Republican Party politics since the 1960s on both the state and the national levels. Um, So he has all sorts of connections and stories to tell. You know, Bathgate vacationing with the Bushes at their summer home in Kennebunkport, how he helped introduce Jack Kemp to Bob Dole, um, and how he's hosted every Everyone from John McCain to President Ford and, and George Herbert Walker Bush at his home in Bayhead. And as you mentioned, uh, he was Republican National Finance Chairman under Presidents Reagan and Bush Sr. Um, he's also been a guest at the White House many times, and he raised a million dollars for Mitt Romney during Romney's presidential campaign. So, you know, all this goes to say that he's a very big player in the party, and it's worth paying attention to what he says. Uh, here he is talking about Sandy recovery. New Jersey's done a terrible job. The people they hired were the wrong people. The people the administration put in place to manage the process don't have any authority. Has he been a Chris Christie supporter? Bathgate first learned of Christie back in 1988 when uh, Christie had just graduated from law school and was uh, volunteering with the first President Bush's presidential campaign, answering phones and working at the state campaign headquarters. Um, Bathgate didn't know Christie well at that time, but he kind of kept tabs on him over the years as Christie ran for freeholder and got more involved in politics. Um, He also heard Christie had worked hard raising money for George W. Bush in 2000. After Bush was elected and his people called Bathgate saying they were looking for a new U.S. attorney, Bathgate kind of put in a good word for Christie. Bathgate said he and Christie often had lunch together, and he praised Christie for his work during that time. He did a very good job as our U.S. attorney. I mean, he had something like 130 indictments of public officials, high-profile cases. You know, he distinguished himself. He was going to do great things for the state of New Jersey. So although, you know, Bathgate said he considered then New Jersey Governor John Corzine a personal friend, he he supported Christie's campaign in 2009 and then his reelection four years later. But he's supporting uh, Jeb Bush now. Tell us why. Bathgate thinks that, you know, when you look at New Jersey's record-breaking eight credit downgrades, the fact that property taxes are still pretty high, and that there have been a number of problems and delays with the state's Sandy recovery, uh, Christie simply doesn't have a strong record of results and accomplishments to stand on. Eight bond rating downgrades in less than five years. That's an all-time record in the United States of America. 
It seems a big part of Bathgate's uh, specific concerns uh, are, are connected with uh, the way the administration has handled the Sandy recovery. Yeah, and, and to be clear, Sandy is just one of many reasons Bathgate is not backing Christie. But, you know, it's significant because he says Christie's failure to have a better record of results in handling the storm's aftermath raises important questions about his suitability for a national office. Um, Bathgate said he's seen kinks in the state's handling of the Sandy recovery up close as both a a beachfront homeowner and an attorney uh, representing dozens of towns fighting for funding. Uh, Bathgate lives in uh, affluent Jersey Shore community of Bayhead. And like many of his neighbors, he's you know strongly opposed the Christie administration's request that uh, residents grant an easement in perpetuity uh, to allow the state to build this line of protective dunes along the coastline, uh, especially considering that homeowners uh, there in Bayhead have already chipped in much of their own money over the years to build and maintain uh, their own protective rock seawall. We're not asking for any money. We're asking to be allowed to opt out. You don't need to pump that sand. Use that money to help on the bay side where the flooding occurs. He also thinks that a large part of the reason that New Jersey's received $10 billion less in Sandy FEMA public assistance money than New York is because Christie's people failed to do their due diligence and hired a less experienced firm to help them apply for the money. Is it possible that this is just the whining of a a wealthy resident of the very wealthy Bayhead? Uh, This is a town that can afford to pay for its own seawall. Maybe this is just a guy who doesn't want to be part of any statewide solution to uh, very real, very serious storm mitigation projects. Well, I asked Bathgate about this notion that, you know, he's just supporting Jeb because uh, he's, you know, disgruntled about Christie's sand dunes blocking his view of the ocean. Um, he, he said, first of all, you know, that with the existing rock seawall, he actually can't see the ocean anyway without going to the second floor of his house. Uh, but beyond that, he, he said that the facts and the science just don't support what the administration wants to do in Bayhead, that residents there are already protected by this wall um, and that man-made sand dunes will just wash away within a few years anyway. So it just wouldn't be a smart investment. New Jersey Public Radio and NJ Spotlight reporter Scott Gurian. He has a new report uh, this week looking into the erosion of Christie's support in New Jersey. You can find that at WNYC.org or at NJSpotlight.com. I am happy, really happy to be back in New Hampshire. I was here, I believe, half a dozen times last year to help support the candidacy of my friend, Will Havenstein. And I can remember when I first started coming up here to campaign for Walt, I got all kinds of flack and commentary, especially from the press corps in my own state. What are you doing in New Hampshire? This isn't even a race. What are you doing up there? We know what you're doing up there. You're just getting ready to run for president. That's what you're doing. This is the Christie Tracker Podcast. I'm David First. Governor Christie is heading back to New Hampshire next week, where he'll hold two town hall events in the state with the first primary in the nation. Here with a preview is New Jersey Public Radio's Emma Jacobs. Welcome. Thank you very much. So New Hampshire, he's heading back. What does the governor have planned? So we know he's going to be having a series of meetings besides these two town halls that he'll be holding on Wednesday and Friday. It hasn't been disclosed the full list of of people he'll be meeting with. But then on Friday, the 17th, in addition to that town hall, he goes to the first in the nation summit, which is the New Hampshire GOP's Republican leadership summit. He'll be there with a dozen other of the Republican hopefuls for the Republican nomination. They'll all be speaking at the summit. So it's going to be quite the gathering. 
Okay, so he'll be speaking at the summit. He'll be speaking at these two town halls. Are, are the town halls going to be done the same way that he does them in New Jersey? You know, probably just because that's that's been a strength for him, right? It's somewhere for him to show off that he's charismatic, he's frank, while not taking questions from reporters. He's really clearly not backing down from his sort of tough guy reputation. They're calling them the uh, tell it like it is town hall series. We keep seeing these polls showing Governor Christie, you know, bringing up the rear among Republicans that are likely to be making a presidential run. And we're hearing reports of him losing support in New Jersey and among Republican donors. How big a deal is this trip in terms of showing that his candidacy is still viable? Yeah, I mean, the one thing I would point out with those polls, too, he's trailing Donald Trump. So that's just to put this in some context. That's some pretty serious context. It is, right? So I think this is an opportunity to get in front of the voters and he'll do a town hall, which is a forum he likes. New Jersey Public Radio's Emma Jacobs, thanks for speaking with us. Thanks for having me. We're sweating down here in Asbury Park tonight. In Jersey, anything's legal as long as you don't get caught. And make me the night in Atlantic City. I want to remind you, we are all from New Jersey. And what that means is, if you give it, you are getting it right back. All right? This is the Christie Tracker Podcast. I'm David First. When Senator Bob Menendez was indicted on 14 corruption charges, he made a brief, defiant statement to the press, which was accompanied by thunderous applause from a room full of supporters. At the end of the day, I will be vindicated and they will be exposed. And in the days that followed, New Jersey Democrats and Democratic colleagues in the U.S. Senate rallied to offer their support. We're joined now by NJTV correspondent and host of WBGO's Newark Today, David Cruz, who has been covering this story and has covered both Senator Menendez and Governor Christie extensively. David, welcome. Hey, David. How are you? David, you had an exclusive in-depth interview with the governor where you got to ask him about his take on the Menendez indictment. Are you not going to give us two minutes on Menendez? I can't, no. And I wouldn't, if I had 50 minutes, I wouldn't give you two minutes on Menendez, and I don't. Okay, it wasn't too extensive. It was a, a shouted exchange in a parking lot. That was the whole exchange, right? <laughs> yes, I, I will say the only part about that that's accurate is that it is exclusive, uh, but it's only because I, I stalked him outside of a town hall meeting. But that's, I think, the only comments he's made on that yet. He did issue a statement that said that everybody deserves the presumption of innocence and there's no reason for me or anybody else to get out ahead of themselves. Why is uh, this the way the governor is uh, treating the situation? He's been uh, pretty consistent as far as that is concerned. He uh, always goes to his story about how he's been a federal prosecutor and how he's always been about presumption of innocence and so on. So even when it's been Republicans in similar situations, he's been pretty consistent about that, just not commenting at all. You've been covering uh, the senator, by the way, for 20 years. Christie investigated Menendez when he was uh, the U.S. attorney for New Jersey. Yeah, it was back in, I think it was 06 when when that happened. Um, He investigated Bob Menendez for renting uh, a building that he owned and offices in a building that he owned to a nonprofit for which he had advocated for and secured some federal funds. 
turned out to be nothing illegal. In fact, if I recall correctly, he actually rented to this uh, nonprofit, the North Hudson Community Action Corporation, for what was probably less than the market rate at the time. And most everybody, Menendez particularly, felt that this was Christie trying to give a Republican an opportunity or an advantage anyway in his election against uh, Bob Menendez. We always hear this shorthand reference, oh, Bob Menendez, he came out of Hudson County. He's a product of the Hudson County machine. This kind of wink-wink, nod-nod reference that Hudson County automatically equals total corruption. It's been, you know, generations in the making and something that we hold very dear to our hearts as Hudson County residents. Uh, It is the assumption that if you are from Hudson County, then you are from that whole milieu. I think part of it is, as a Hudson County elected official, you really have to fight to get to where you are. And so sometimes people will take the shortcut, which is to either hand somebody an envelope full of money or make some other sort of concession. It kind of creates the assumption that if you're from Hudson, then that's the way you got to where you were. Uh, Obviously, the allegations and the indictment against Menendez right now suggest that's at least how he plays the game today. But I think a lot of Bob Menendez's story has to do more with a willingness to go, as he put it one time, thermonuclear on his opponents. He is rough. He does not mess around. And, you know, they've been gunning for Bob Menendez since he became mayor of Union City. Just getting back to Governor Christie for a moment here, why, I want to come back to that question, why won't the governor say anything publicly about Menendez? Is there any feeling, you can't read his mind, but is there any sense that, you know, I could be on the receiving end of an indictment one of these days, and I don't really want to go out there? Given what's happened to him over the last couple of years, the governor is probably wise enough to be as circumspect as he possibly can with someone else who is in that situation. I also think that he knows that all he has to do is kind of wait to let the thing play out. One of the things that Chris Christie does really well is he's a really terrific strategic thinker. And then ultimately, you know, if something does go terribly wrong for Bob Menendez, the person who would appoint his replacement is Chris Christie. And I was talking to someone the other day and kind of half-jokingly said, well, you know, if Chris Christie thinks that maybe his presidential run isn't going that well, maybe he'll appoint himself. Although he did go on the record at one point saying he would never uh, want to be senator. Yeah, right. I'll go on the record right now and say that I don't want to anchor the NBC Nightly News. All right. I think I know where you're coming from there, if NBC, if you're listening. Uh, David Cruz, thanks for speaking with us. All right, David. Thank you. David Cruz, uh, NJTV correspondent and the host of WBGO's Newark Today. The Christie Tracker Podcast is a production of WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, thanks to associate producer Joseph Capriglione. Our theme music is by 29-Hour Music People. You can subscribe to the Christy Tracker podcast on iTunes. You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow Matt Katz on Twitter at MattKatz00. That's Matt, K-A-T-Z. I'm David First. Till next week. I'll just tell you, I've done 127 town hall meetings since I've been governor of New Jersey. If any of you haven't seen that, go on the Internet and look at some of my more interesting interactions with my constituents.